Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Can't believe it, but I actually have a quiet house today. My husband and I are getting a little bit better at coordinating podcast recording times with the children and their playdates. Hallelujah, guys. (laughs) Maybe not as many screaming children in the background of these episodes. I was like, it's 2021. We're past the pandemic. We can do this. Let's schedule a little bit with each other. So it's only been a year, but I'm going to go ahead and call that a win. Speaking of wins, one thing I want you guys to know is with my clients, um, we always start with celebrations on our calls. And it's funny because they don't always feel like celebrating, right? Like sometimes the week was hard or they just had a panic attack earlier in the week and you know, whatever. They might have some thoughts and they just want to dig right into the work. But here's why we always celebrate. There was a study out of, I can't remember what Ivy League University. can't remember who did it. I'm sorry, but I really have heard of it. (laughs) I know. I know I'm that person that's not quoting the source right now. And um, this study talks about how your brain is 33% more effective um, and at problem solving and just has a high 33% higher level thinking, whatever that means, when you first look at what you do know and you first look at successes and do the celebrations, right? Um, before you delve into any problem solving. So I want to offer that to you for any problems you have to solve. And then another reason that I do that with my clients is because I want you guys, and this goes for any of you on the podcast too. Next time you need to go solve a problem, make sure you touch base with the, with what is working first, because, um, you want to be able to hold both. Okay. Our brain, especially postpartum, especially sleep deprived, it so easily goes to either the positive and stays there or the negative and like indulges and just totally hangs out there. And what I want you to practice being able to do is to see some negative, feel some negative while at the same time being able to hold the positive. And speaking of that, that's such a beautiful segue into NICU babies and NICU mamas. Who are my NICU mamas out there? Oh my gosh, so many of us. I know I've never had a child in the NICU, but extended family members of mine and clients of mine, many of them have had NICU babies. This is a really unique um, experience if you haven't experienced it. And and again, I haven't by by my own personal life experience, but I've heard so much through my clients and um, family members that I feel like I want to say some things and speak to the difficulties that are signature to this. If you are not a NICU mama or haven't ever had a NICU baby, I want you to know that this will still help you if your anxiety is centered around something specific. So for me, when I was postpartum, my anxiety was definitely wrapped into my baby's health and my health. Um, my baby was never NICU, although he did have jaundice and had to do some of that, my first baby. But um, I I did have postpartum complications, and so I had some health related anxiety, and I um, which means that my anxiety centered around health and what I couldn't see in the body and all of the unknowns. That's where like my brain would kind of fester. 
Now, I've learned so much since then, and I'm going to be teaching some of that on the podcast today. But um, I noticed I have some clients, like I said, that are NICU mamas who have NICU strong babies, preemie strong babies. They have NICU grads and NICU survivor babies. I mean, you should be so proud. It's so beautiful. And maybe your baby's still in the NICU right now. Who knows, right? Like so many moms find this podcast. And if that's you, I'm totally here for you. Um, But I wanted to address this because um, what happens is when you're a NICU mama and your baby is in the NICU, there are legitimate concerns, right? There is extra monitoring that needs to happen. And sometimes during that fragile, gentle, you know, growing time, there can be mishaps. There can be moments where they stop breathing. There can be um, moments or days or, you know, periods of time where they're not gaining enough weight. And your brain goes into overdrive. Now the ICU or the NICU nurses, I'm sure are just calm and cool collected, but us as the moms sometimes we are like in survival mode and we kind of at like, we'll do, we'll do anything to keep that baby safe. And we will be the ones that are like on hypervigilance watching that baby. And for a time that might be really effective. And we might actually want to be a little bit anxious and jumpy and like watching their every move, especially when you first bring them home from the hospital. I totally get that. There comes a time though, when you just have to decide, and I'm not going to say when that time is for you, but there comes a point where the amount of protection you can offer with your hypervigilance isn't worth, like it, it's not effective to this for how much energy it takes from you. And it starts working against you and against the baby's safety. If you're so tired because you've been so hypervigilant, you know, watching and monitoring, monitoring your baby with the owlet or whatever other little devices. And and I'm not criticizing anybody. If if that's your choice and that's where you're at right now, love, beautiful, do your thing. And I want to address this topic so that you can have a smooth transition to becoming a NICU mom graduate. Sometimes our babies graduate from the NICU and we kind of still identify as having a NICU baby and identify as being a NICU, you know, a preemie mama. And at some point you just have to be in charge of your graduation and leaving behind some of those extra precautionary measures that we take when we are in the higher anxiety for good reasons. When it stops becoming effective, we need to know when to pull back. Okay. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm going to talk about some obstacles to finding that balance and to graduating into releasing and letting go. Now, before I do this, I want you to calm yourself, put your hand on your heart. If this is a hard conversation to have because really scary stuff happened when your baby was little, 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 I just spent, I send so much compassion to you, but it does no good if I send it to you, if you're not receiving it and sending it to yourself. So take a moment. If you need to pause the podcast, speaking of celebrations, I want you to celebrate yourself. You've celebrated your baby on Instagram. I know you have. (laughs) I see all the happy posts. You guys are so good. We're so good to celebrate our babies, but you 
it's time to celebrate you for a minute. So before we delve into this work, I want you to consider the wins and how have you totally been there? Because it's really important to see all that before you're ready to let go of all of the hypervigilance and some of these habits that you might still be doing right with your baby that they really, if you're being honest in your grounded wisdom, heart to heart with yourself, I don't know that you really need to be doing them all. And if you don't want to be doing them all, but you're still doing them all, you might need some help. And that's what I'm here for. So you can totally come work with me, become one of my clients. It'll be so fun. But, um, here we go. So we're going to talk about, so make sure you pause and celebrate. Okay. So much compassion, let up all the tears. And can I just say really quick before we go in, right? So the tears thing, the crying thing, I know some of us have resistance to it. I just want you to know it's really important when we cry, we release which means that we make room for new emotion and a new vantage point, seeing something a new way. So crying is healing. Crying is moving towards healing always. Okay. As long as it's like clean pain and you are seeking, no, always, because even if it's dirty pain, even if it's something that, you know, you're jealous of your friend and you're crying because you don't feel good enough, you're still letting the emotion out versus burying it in. So it's, it's helpful for your body. Crying is working with your body. Don't deprive your body and, you know, and yourself that chance. All right. So let's delve in. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is anything that you might identify as trauma. And I'm very loose with this term, but I want you to think back to the NICU time, or if you're there now, have you experienced, or did you experience moments where you, your whole body was called upon in a very alarming way? Um, maybe it was just chronic, a chronic state of anxiety and very little sleep. Um, right. Maybe it was like all of the trying to breastfeed or pump your breast milk while, the baby was, um, in their little cute little container, whatever it was, you know what? I watched Zoolander recent. No, not Zoolander. It was, um, a night at the museum with Ben Stiller. And I have been making jokes like Ben Stiller since that night. I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's awesome. I think he's awesome. He's so fun. Okay. I digress. Coming back to your experience in the NICU though, I want you to just review and give yourself a chance to identify any, thing that happened during that time that you might still need to process. And of course, come work with me if you want to do that work with me and delve deeply, but I want you to, at the very least, take a pen to paper and write about it when you feel ready to. Okay. So that's number one is give that, um, those experiences, some, some space, make some space around that and hold space for yourself to bring that up and continue processing it and maybe journal on it for like 10 days in a row and notice how it changes. The story changes. Notice how your vantage point changes. Notice what emotions come up, whether it's tears or anger or whatever it is. Maybe it's even panic or anxiety. So be willing to feel those. And if, again, if you want to feel those with me as part of my three-step process in that container of coaching, you're welcome to come talk with me on a consult. That's the first homework assignment I have for you. And the reason that I want you to take that out and process it is because it will help your postpartum anxiety and or depressiveness. Now, if you, if you don't want to do that alone and you don't feel comfortable or safe doing that alone, please come work with me. Okay. The next thing I want to address here is that one thing that's beautiful about being in the NICU is the sense of community. 
Yeah. And like when you post on Instagram, there's so many cute hashtags that connect you with other NICU mamas and other NICU babies and preemie graduates. Um, and I love that. And I've noticed that postpartum, if you're not careful in your consumption and connection with so many other babies, it's like you never have a chance to, to leave that world. Um, not saying you need to like slam the door on its face and be like, I'm too good for you. That's not what we're talking about here, but you just have to look at the cost and the effect. So is the value of that community greater than the anxiety that you might feel having all of those images of other babies going through the trauma or other moms experiencing all the emotion that you did during that time. So if you, during the time that you were a NICU mom, followed lots of accounts, just make sure that you're doing your, um, yourself the service of, um, being thoughtful about how much NICU content and preemie photos and videos you are looking at. Um, especially if your anxiety is surrounding your baby being okay to sleep on his or her own and other NICU related things like eating properly, all that stuff. So you just want to make sure that you are checking in with your body and your mind and your mental health and stability, and don't get so, um, attached to that community that you're not drawing a boundary there and letting some of it go in order to live in the life you've created, to live in the health that you earned and that your baby earned through that NICU stay and through the fighting and and all of the wonderful survival you guys built and did together. We're so proud of you. You can be so proud of you. And there comes a time where it's no longer going to serve you to identify. It's not, I mean, it's never going to be a bad thing to say, yeah, my baby was a preemie baby. I was a NICU mom. Like love, love it. Team NICU. And as far as the consumption of all of those photos, if it's something you have anxiety about, you just want to make sure that you're limiting that mindfully and thoughtfully. So I will leave that up to you. It's an individual thing, but just know that that's an option on the table as to, to cut back and to make sure that you are, are, um, knowing if your consumption is contributing to your anxiety, monitoring that. You know what? That was no pun intended. I just paused and was like, what? That was so cute. Monitoring it. Get it. Get it, guys. (laughs) So as a NICU graduating mom, you want to make sure you're monitoring you now. We monitored baby for so long. Maybe you still are with the little owlet or any other little accessories. Now it's time to also start monitoring you and make sure that you are recovering and healing in a way that sets you up for success going forward. Because what we don't want to happen, right, is for your baby to get super healthy and just when he or she is getting healthy, you are deteriorating in your health physically and mentally, emotionally, and you're breaking down. That does seem to be a pattern that I see among NICU moms. And so that's the purpose of this episode is to kind of intervene there and give you some tips and pointers to make sure that you are um, graduating with your baby graduating from NICU and that you are setting boundaries that are going to keep you sustainably mentally and emotionally healthy. All right. And then the last one is your, the use of your imagination. Okay. So there was real life and it was really scary. And then there's real life now. And hopefully now, or sometime soon, your baby is healing and is so much more independent and strong and their body is functioning properly. And we've overcome a lot of the preemie specific challenges and how beautiful is that, that their body adapted. You have to adapt to their body adapting though, right? You have to be able to release the reins. That doesn't mean you're saying, I don't care what happens. It just means that you realize that you you're overprotecting or your hypervigilance 
has done its job. It got the baby to heal and be safe and healthy. And now you get to lean back and restore and replenish. And you have to do that mamas. Okay. So one way that you can do that is notice how frequently you are thinking about your baby dying or having some sort of scary thing happen to him or her. And Um, not only how often, like how frequently you're thinking about that, but how much time are you spending going down that scary imagined rabbit hole? One thing that I teach my clients in the three-step process that I take them through, right? We've got calm your mind, calm your body and calm your life. And in that first step, calm your mind. One thing that we really work on is balancing out the use of your imagination. So when your brain is only giving you the scary stuff, It's up to you, it's up to us to also redirect our brain after we've processed the anxiety from the scary things that it's imagined, also practicing imagining the safe. So here's what I want you to do. Whatever the scariest things are that you imagine, like take the top two or three things that you think of with regards to your baby that is now home from the NICU and your preemie is now kind of catching up with his or her peers as far as like development when you're in that safe zone. And by the way, like you just have to decide that it's safe, right? Cause technically we can always worry. Um, and so when you're ready to pull back because the anxiety levels and the hypervigilance isn't sustainable, I want you to practice imagining your baby doing the opposite of those things. So for example, if your baby, if your fear in your mind that your body or your brain plays on repeat is like your baby sleeping and then his lips turn blue and he's not breathing. Okay. And I'm sorry if this is scary, but so many of us have these little fears. And so they don't feel little though. They feel big, right? So if you imagine your baby's lips turning blue and like some scary episode like that, I want you to first put your hand on your heart, breathe, and realize that it's just my imagination. You can say that to yourself. Like this is just an imagined response. This isn't even actually real. And just as likely is this situation over here. And I want you to imagine your baby sleeping peacefully. He sleeps through the night or, you know, as many hours as are appropriate at this point, his lips never turn blue. He's got that beautiful rosy coloring. He's not too hot. He's not too cold. He's not crying. His little heart's beating and everything is safe and good. That is available to you. And that is very likely to happen. So while our brain will always kind of bring us the scary thing to look out for and your, your whole life through, you'll have that here and there. It really is important how much time you spend there and how you respond is going to determine how frequently your brain brings you those scary things. And so one way to mitigate that is to spend time imagining the positive, the safe, and the good. And not just like rainbows and daisies. And we're not imagining this to try to get away from our anxiety, but we're just holding both. We can hold both the potential of something fatal or scary, but we can also hold the potential of safety and goodness and love and life and living and health and wellness. That is available to you. If you want to spend more time there, if you want to get your presence back in your motherhood, if you are done spending so much of your energy and your time unsustainably just leaking out of you in all of these scary places in your mind, I want to invite you to one of my free consults. I offer free 60 minute consults. You can come chat with me. It's just lizzylangston.com forward slash consult to book yourself a free 60 minutes. There's lots of testimonials on my website. You can go check that out, but I send so much love to you guys. I really am proud of you all. And especially all of you, Nikki mamas. I think I'm especially proud of all of you, but 
Um, My heart goes out to you tonight and I'm really here for you. So take care and we love you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. 